Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Socially Distant Sports Bar fans, welcome to the Socially Distant Sports Bar. I want you guys to be thinking about helping your friends out and changing their lives. We love having all of you on board as part of the Socially Distant Sports Bar crew, the Distant Pod listeners. You guys mean a lot to us. We would love it if there were even more of you. And if some of your friends headed in our direction, that would make us super happy. The best way of getting people involved in the podcast, I think, is to send them one of our pint-sized Distant Pod episodes, because they're a bit shorter, a little bit less time investment for them, but it gives them a pretty good idea of what it is that we do on Distant Pod. So recent weeks, Ellis's Jamie Carragher, we all watched the Kiss one, that is up as as a little snippet from the Socially Distant Sports Bar. That is Pint Size Distant Pod 26. If you search for that, it's called We All Watch The Kiss. Send that to some of your mates. Pint Size Distant Pod 28 is just called Simon. It is. It is Simon Slice. Okay, it is the little bit that Ellis and Mike go off on about Kimbo Slice that, again, is one of my favourite bits that I think will bring people into listening to the podcast. If you've got a mate who you think will really enjoy the Socially Distant Sports Bar, that is one of the best ways of selling it to them. If you could do that little bit of work for us, we'd be very, very, very appreciative. And then pick whatever your favourite episode is, or maybe a best of. Pick one of the best of. There's about five of them on there, and just send that over to them. Hopefully, they will see what you see in the podcast, and maybe aren't put off by the word sport in the title, as an example. If you are not a subscriber, you are not a true believer in the podcast. I'm not sure that's the right phrase. If you can afford a quid a month, head over to Spotify, search for the Socially Distance Sports Bar Extra, and subscribe there for a pound a month. You will get a load of extra content. You get a second round of clips every single episode. When we do an episode with a guest, you get half an hour's 
extra. So there's half an hour of Sam Warburton that you haven't listened to that is waiting for you. There is about 40 minutes, I think, of the Kate Mason episode that is waiting there for you. If you have a little bit more money to spare and you want to listen to us talking about movies, uh, head over to patreon.com slash distantpod. There's a four quid a month option. There's a six quid a month option. There's an eight quid and a 10 quid. Uh, the eight and 10, you get Michael Owen's Movie Club, which is us every single month talking to you about a movie that we have watched, okay? Because Michael Owen never watched any movies. I think he watched six in his life. So that's the idea for the title of that. If you wish to be so generous, it would be great to get you involved in that. Those are always about an hour long, and we talk about a different movie every single month. Sit back, relax, and enjoy part two of this week's Socially Distant Sports Bar. This is a paid advert from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Now, we all carry around lots of different sort of stress moments, whether it's like big or small. It could be as huge as, how am I going to pay the mortgage this month? Or, you know, I'm, I'm ill, but I don't really want to talk to anybody about that because I don't want to make them feel stressed about it as well. Or, you know, it could be just as, something as small as, how am I going to get to school pickup in time? I've got a meeting. How do I change that? How do I move that? I forgot to cancel that. And lots of the time we keep it bottled up. And whether it's big or small, it can really start to affect us negatively. And therapy is kind of a safe space to get those things off your chest. So whether it's like coming up with plans to, to organize your life a little bit better or whether it's just having someone to talk to about those things you don't want to stress out your mates or your family with. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable and entirely online. You will be matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and you can switch therapists at any time. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash distant. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash distant. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Right, it is time for the documentary, episode 164 of the Socially Distant Sports Bar. Fair play. 64 documentaries watched. Fair play. Or listened to. Do you know what? When we started doing it, if somebody would have said to me there are 163 documentaries that are worth watching to or listening to, because I liked Be Water, but nobody else did. So we'll go with 163 that were worth I liked it until I pointed out the folly of his ways. Yeah, yeah, it's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. That was the film, that was the movie club, that doesn't count. No, it wasn't, no, no, it was, it was a regular, was it? It was a documentary about Bruce Lee. Yeah. But Bruce Lee is a sports documentary. Yeah, 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 yeah. God. So I was, I was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to open up your horizons to other options. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought there were 164. 
No. But there are there, there are so many that I think are brilliant that we've gone nowhere near yep. yet. Yeah. And you're like, fuck. What I've realised doing this, making this podcast, I thought I watched a lot of sports documentaries before we did it, and obviously I didn't. Yes. I hadn't realised that we're in a golden age of sports documentaries, and they're better now than they ever were. Because if you look at the old 90s, 80s or 90s ones, they're often so slow. And there are so many different platforms for sports documentaries. They're being made all the time. It's never ending. Do you know what else? I joke about being an expert about lots of things. I think I've got a fairly Mm. decent knowledge base across the board. The three of us are experts on sports documentaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could hold my own in a sports doc conversation with anybody now. I went to watch the cricket. I went to watch England play India last year at the Oval. And I was in the Prince Uh of Wales suite because the person who runs my management agency was... Thought you were Welsh and stuck you in no, there. No, no, but he was he was head of Surrey. He was chairman of Surrey County Cricket Club, but he's now head of the East. Okay. John and I were his guests, and I was sat next to the bloke who commissions sports documentaries for Amazon. That's brilliant. And it wasn't a sports documentary he could name that I hadn't seen. Fucking <laughs> 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 incredible. That is good. He's like, but I've commissioned all of these. I said, yeah, and I've watched them all. I've, I've watched them all, and I've got some critiques of them as well. Yeah, <laughs> sit down, listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, they're, 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 because they aren't about sport, like we always say, they're just about people. Yes. So it doesn't massively matter, which this one, Mike, is fucking brilliant. <laughs> I'm so glad you like the right. The thing is, we all, we sometimes pick doctors we're short on time. We're, the three of us are very busy. We're not trying to say that other people aren't busy, but we are very busy at the moment. It's half term now, so I've got, I've got a bit of spare time. We've got a couple of days, a bit of time in the garden and stuff, been nice. So I could have watched a long doc. And there's a couple of long ones that I have watched and I'm going to pick in the future. There's a couple that I've got selected to watch. And this one, not for necessity at all this week, but it's only 17 minutes long. And I thought, well, I can't pick this as a clip. It's too long for a clip. I can't pick it as a doc. It's too short for a doc. But I fucking love it. So what do I do? So I, I sent on the WhatsApp saying, would you mind if I pick the 17-minute doc? And you're both happy with it, right? Because I absolutely yeah. love this. To pack so much stuff that I really, really like. And to be so interesting in 17 minutes. I don't know, I don't know if it was a, a feature on something like Nationwide or something like that, or some sort of weekly sure. magazine program maybe. But I don't know where it's from, but it's about Liverpool and Anfield especially in the 1977 season. It's eight o'clock and it's raining, but these Liverpool loyalists are prepared to queue for two hours to get a ticket for the following night's match against Manchester United. The day at Anfield is just starting, and the phone has been ringing already for 15 minutes. Liverpool Football Club. Morning. Thank you. Thank you. We do love looking south from half past seven this evening. Yes, sir. Okay. Liverpool Football Club. Good game on Saturday. Oh, yes. Good girl. The arrival of manager Bob Paisley creates no more and no less interest than that of the rest of his staff. He's been at Anfield since 1939, took over from Bill Shankly three years ago, and he's simply part of the family. The players have spent Sunday with their families. Emlyn Hughes is being tipped as Footballer of the Year. And as the others arrive, if there is any tension, it's hard to detect. 
unless it's the irritation over car parking, shown by that dependable, dyed-in-the-wool Liverpudlian, Tommy Smith. There we go, it's on YouTube. Oh, because it's so <laughs> short, you have to watch this, right? Whatever you do in your day, you'll have time. Yes. You'll have a quarter of an hour free to watch this. Mm-hmm. And you haven't got to be a sucker for the 70s. You haven't got to be a sucker for football. You haven't got to be a sucker for uh, things as they were. But if you are, it'll, it'll have another level again, because I just love everything about this. And it poses loads of questions, um, as many as you know, as many as it answers as well. The, the, it's about Anfield and the, the sort of behind-the-scenes stuff. It, the, you see almost no football. It builds up to a game, the Liverpool 1-0, and you don't see the goal. So it's the backroom staff, it's the people in the ticket office, it's, it's the chairman, it's the, it's the manager speaking quite candidly, it's the players. People ringing the club yep. to yep. find out the results. Yep. Yeah, Liverpool yes. won. Yeah, yeah it's 1-0, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Keegan. Kevin Keegan. Hello, Anfield. Yeah, Liverpool won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Kevin Keegan. Incredible. <laughs> phoning the fucking club to find out the result. I couldn't believe what I was <laughs> yeah. seeing. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to know how Liverpool got on tonight against Nottingham Forest. Should we Just ring him up. Field and find Sh- out. Shall we phone them up? Well, they showed right at the beginning, they're queuing up for tickets at Anfield. And they've been there for hours before the tickets were on sale for the game the next mm. day. The fellow's first in the queue. So he's been there for the longest, you'd assume, right? He gets it. He goes, uh, Two for the cop, please. Can't change a note. Silver only. Yeah, silver only. They've got no change. They've only got silver. I thought, mate, have some, f- put some change in the till. And he's got a fiver. <laughs> he's been here for, <laughs> yeah. get some change in you, Bellend. He's been here for hours. And I was going to miss his, he's going to miss out on his ticket because you haven't got any change in the till. Sorry, mate, no change. What? And? <laughs> to see it at a time before computers, there is that one, piece, yes. you know. That super high tech bit of kit that counts people coming in. Yeah, That's the electronic ticket yeah. on the turnstiles. Yeah, yeah. But apart from that, there's it's just tables full of old phones, old switchboards, pens and papers. Do you know what the seventies needed? A lick of paint. Go on. Yeah, didn't it just? Yes, it's fucking yeah. amazing. Like I love seventy, but I love a particular seventy. So my dad helped me decorate yesterday in the living room. I like the sort of bright, sort of Buck Rogers seventies. You know what I mean? <laughs> Surely he was in the 2000s, wasn't he? <laughs> made not, my maiden night 70. But yeah, there's so much of the grey 70s, the drab 70s. Mm, yes, this looks great. This looks dark. But adorable, though. My favourite bit, and I think this mm. is probably going to be Mike's favourite bit as well. Tommy Smith. Is Tommy Smith I knew you were going to say basically that. Yes. Basically get into a fight with a plug with in the punter. car park. <laughs> yeah, well, I work here, okay, and you don't. Thanks, sorry, Tommy. But you wouldn't park like that in sound, would you? Would you park like that on the road? <laughs> no, Tommy. Just smacking so his window with a rolled-up oh. newspaper. <laughs> yeah. Ready to kick the fuck. The hardest footballer at the club is ready to kick the fuck out of you. He looks rock as well, Tom yeah. Seth, Yeah, yeah. Dad lived in Liverpool at this point, and uh, he was said Dad was walking down Scotty Road once, and Tommy Smith was walking the oh, other no way. Me. Dad said, I crossed the road, because he just looked like a fucking maniac. Did he play for the Swans? Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was one of the he ones. He was one of the ones that Tosh took Tosh brought yeah. down. He yeah. missed the 78 European Cup final when they retained the European Cup because they won it for the first time in 77. Fight of the car park, was he? No, but he dropped, yeah, he a, just he too dropped hard. a pickaxe on his foot and broke his toe. Fucking hell. <laughs> great. Oh, Can you imagine great Harry Kane missing a Champions League final for that reason? It's just... So good. And what's he doing with a pickup? Well, it's because they were normal. He'd have been working in his garden or something, probably. Well, someone parked in his space again. Yeah. 
So I mean, as a nominal Liverpool fan as well, mm. but Paisley's my era of, of Liverpool. So as a kid, like late 70s through the 80s. So I always associate him and that team. You know, I, I recognise nearly all that team, even though I would have been a little kid then, but a lot of that team was still around in sort of 80, 81. Bob Paisley's been there since 1939, which says early doors. But it's still 40 years at the club. Yeah. And then I think in that sort of Liverpool boot room thing, that sort of, you know, that went sort of Shankly to Paisley to Fagan to, you know, there was that long spell, wasn't there, of managers that all sort of worked with each other, knew each other. So you see, Fagan's there back in the 1977, ends up being the manager of Liverpool. He's just massaging the boys' calves. Like that, that wasn't even, there wasn't like a, there wasn't a separate person that did your conditioning or did your, there wasn't like a sports massage therapist. That was the bloke who ended up being the boss of the team. Yeah. And the boys are up down. Also, the boot room was literally that. It was, it was where they kept the boots and it's really small. And they used to sit there and drink mm. tea or whiskey sometimes, but they would be like sitting on the yeah, bins yeah. and stuff. It's not like they all had, they all, not all, they didn't all have a desk. Well, plays you doing a press conference and you think how slick they are these days. The one that's on a radiator. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this is superb. There's only two chairs. Yeah. There's three journalists. <laughs> the path from the ground is bigger than most grounds. The facilities really aren't that different to a Division Three club. No, no, mm. not at all. If, if you're training to recover from injury, genuinely by running up and down the stadium. Yeah, yeah, running up and down the cop. That's bonkers for me. David Faircliffe and is it Phil Neal? Just go out into the community and have a kickabout with a load of unemployed. Who are all just wearing clothes. Wearing flares. Yeah, yeah. Clothes just with bibs on top. Yeah. But just not even flat. Yeah, it's not even a proper pitch. It's a bit of wasteland. They're just having a kickabout. Well, their training pitch looks like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. They get on a coach. I thought, well, if you're going to get on a coach to go somewhere, go somewhere good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man. But as the guy who's in charge of the club says, they don't like change. He's really, really, really no. wants to hammer that point home. Really yeah. doesn't like change. All, all wages. Yeah. <laughs> but like when you think about Jurgen Klopp now, and it's the fine margins, and they're always you know he, 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 people took the piss a couple of years ago when he brought in a throw-in yes. coach. And if you look at Pep and all of the success he's had at Man City, and even though he's got limitless resources, he does tactically tweak the team. He does change things every season. He's always looking to improve. Mm. Whereas at the time, and that Liverpool team were obviously very successful. Although they they hadn't won the European Cup at that point because they were going for the treble that year. Mm. And what stopped them winning the treble was they lost to United in the FA Cup final. They won the European Cup and they won the league. Mm. So it would be another 22 years before United did the treble in 99. But they talk about continuity and not changing. Whereas now I think you would talk about how you're always looking to mix things up and stuff. It's a slightly different approach. Mm. But I just, the, the how shit the facilities were. I'm amazed at the, the success the teams have had. It was almost like watching pub football. Mm. Yeah. There must have been so much onus on yourself. But then people, individuals, like Phil Neal would have known what to eat. No. And he wouldn't be able to buy it if he knew what to eat. Well, he, he would have been eating mashed potato, some generic meat, and yeah, yeah. peas, which is what they have in this. Yeah, I'm saying you get to Anfield, like basically school dinners. Just to, they, But they were the ice cream scoops of mash as well, which made me happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they all drank. Yeah, all had a beer. Little things like when they're cleaning the stand-up, the litter was horrific, by the way. They set fire to it? Just set fire to yeah, it. set fire to the litter. That'd be fine. Set what? fire to that. <laughs> what, you set fire to it? Are you sure? Well, in the stands. Yeah. That can't be the best thing to do. And the pitch, the fucking pitch. Yes. The state on the pitch. When, they, when those three lads fork in the pitch, and I loved it. 
Yeah. One of the weirdest things there. Go on. Is when they talk about people being cremated. Yes. Like, yeah. The fella's got, I assume, some loved loved one's ashes in a fucking ha- bucket. But, 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 but. Bare hands. How much ashes? Because. Yeah, yeah. You must have been a big blow. It's a fucking big bucket. Yeah. And he's scooping out a handful, I, I, you know. Yeah, yeah. He hadn't even got gloves on. Oh, just handfuls of person. Like, yes, he hasn't got gloves on. So he'd have, he'd have been washing ashes out of his fingernails. Yeah, Terry, how, how Terry, how Terry wants you to be scattered as Anfield. He's wondering if you could put him in a big yellow bucket and just just throw him around a bit, spread him around the place with your bare hands on the bit you just forked over in the mud. Yeah, they yeah, stopped it in the end because it was ruining the turf. Takes a bit to ruin that turf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the turf. Well, Joe Fagan's great line about a. I said, don't don't scatter him in the, in the in the goal mouth in case he jumps up and saves a goal. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, but he was a fan. I'm, 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 Joe, I'm upset. Yeah, I'm, I'm, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> not now, Joe. My father's just passed away. <laughs> I've just looked up too soon, Joe, and it was that. <laughs> it is right there. now to make that joke about my dad coming back from the dead, and th- even though he's a Liverpool fan, he's going to stop a Liverpool goal as a ghost. Yeah. And that, that, that's that's the appropriate joke for this moment, is it? Yeah, I sad it field is. of dreams. Yeah, yes, field of dreams. <laughs> sad field of dreams. <laughs> he tells the anecdote, the guy scattering the ashes, and stops, but then carries on scattering ashes, and we stay there for another minute where he says nothing. <laughs> He's just throwing ashes. I just can't believe he's got handfuls of a dead, bo- a burnt yeah, dead body. Yeah, yeah. I think that it's probably not. There's no ceremony at all. No. And also, the family aren't <laughs> Just there. a fucking bucket. <laughs> it's a completely functional thing. Like, we scatter my mother's ashes, right? It's a very personal thing to me, for me and Dad. Yeah. We go on the golf course, and there's, you've got the urn. Yeah. It's in a, in a, like, a, like in a satchel, and we walk to where my mother hole in one, and we had a little cry, and we scattered the ashes. It was all lovely. Mm. You think of your loved one being just put in a bucket, to be chucked chucked onto mud by a stranger who can't be asked to be there. Crucially, you were there and doing it for me is the crucial part of your story. Is you had a little cry, whereas these people have gone to reception and I'm Hiya, Mark, a scatters your old man. He's all over a pitch. Now. I sorted him out. There's a bit of him left in the bucket. <laughs> Do you want him back? Oh, that's boss that said he. Thanks, mate. Do you want a bit of him back? Yeah. <laughs> it's got a bit of dog shit on it, but uh <laughs> Absolutely oh, mad. There's one bit that I... So the bit where Phil Thompson's running up and down and then he comes down to stand on the cop and basically heckle Phil Neal for not having been a fan when he was younger. And yeah. yeah. You were standing here, lads. Phil Thompson's trousers have got the biggest wet patch around his yes. dick. I noticed this. Oh, yeah, uh, he looks like I he's wet to, himself. I have to watch it again. He looks like he's pissed himself, right? So, And I couldn't work out what it is. It is at 11 minutes and 49 seconds. There was a big piss stain around his dick. I was looking for sweat patches on his armpits. Thinking, no sweat. Oh, maybe he's just, uh, no, but it's not that. He's wet he's himself. Wet himself. He's wet himself, clean out, pissed his pants, and carried on and done an interview. Well, no, he hasn't wet himself. He's just had a piss and followed through. No, 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 no. Go, go no, to no, it's bigger than that. It's fucking huge, okay, this yeah, piss. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's so not a dribble. Weird. It's not like I've got summer chinos on and I'm in a beer garden. You've gone for a wedding, you're wearing light grey trousers by mistake, you've had a piss. It's not that, no. It's like you've gone to the beer garden, you've drunk a pint, you've pissed that pint out all over your groin yeah, and then carried it? on in your night out. Really odd. And then go stand at the cup for a bit. Yeah, just done a TV interview <laughs> with piss all over you. 
Tommy Smith. Common story stated that he missed the 78 European Cup final after tripping on a pickaxe and injuring his foot. The pickaxe was a write-off. Good guy. <laughs> Shankly once said of him, Tommy Smith wasn't born, he was quarried. <laughs> that's wow. good. He wouldn't let the parking thing go. He's talking about in the change room too. Yeah, he? yeah, yeah. So, so that scene, the scene in the changing room, the bit where Keegan arrives, they all are moments where you go, ah, you lot have no idea of film crews and have no idea that this will exist forever. Yeah. Whereas now you do one of those all or nothings and everybody yeah. you know knows what's going on. They change their behavior slightly. Keegan looks like he's on the social and is being filmed and he might have to pay back some money because he just looks angry that this cameraman yeah, yeah. is filming him walking in. And great flares. He had some boss flares in the 70s. This would have been his last sort of two weeks at Liverpool as well. Before yeah, because they replaced him with dog leash. Yeah. He's got a real problem. People turn to like, um, have, have, a, have a good one, or good luck tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. No, but most people don't mean it. You know, most people don't mean that. When they they say don't it. mean good luck. What do they mean? People here mean it. What, what, I, I didn't understand that as a comment. What, what does he think they mean? Here's a question. Here's a question, right? The cleaning ladies at the start, mm. we've got those lovely sort of cleaning pennies on. Right? Yes. Yeah. Look like cleaning ladies, right? Yes, agreed. The three of them. Grey hair, short, short grey hair with that's been set. A brown nylon sort of button-up overalls, maybe horn-rimmed glasses, right? A mop, lovely. Not a, no mop bucket for I could gather, but there was the mop. Yeah, you never see a young clean lady, do you? No, yeah, not in those oh, days. I know what you mean. They seem to like start work at fifty. <laughs> I think now you do. Yeah, then though. No, 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 not at all in that era. No, no, they always looked exactly the same. Why would that be then? I suppose you, I, do you know what I think it probably would have been? You know, this is off the cuff. Your kids would have grown up and left home. Yes. Uh, your husband might have retired or whatever. Mm. You've gone and got a part-time job. I was thinking he might have died, but yeah, go on. Or maybe died. Or then you need retired. to get money. And they need a few quid, yeah. So what, what have you done? You've had to, because the way that things worked in those days, you'd have had to leave school to become a wife and a housewife and look after everything. What are you good at? Mm. Cleaning stuff up. Yeah. Weird, isn't it? Keegan, when you consider the shape he's in and the way he would have been training then, imagine what he'd have looked like with modern training methods. Mm. Oh, hair. His hair's strange. He looks like, remember Victoria Plum, the character? Yes. His hair looks like that. That's good. It? That's a good shout. Yeah. I mean, it's niche, but it's good. Yeah. Look it up. Look at Victoria Plum and Kevin Keegan, 1977. You'll see what I'm talking about. You get exactly the same thing. Those, those, um, those shirts, mate, 77 shirts. Mm. When they're like counting the shirts out. Yeah. yeah. Change room. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Just nice. But they're, they're seasoned from this. This is the best team in Europe. This, the, that was the facilities of the best team in Europe. Yes. Yeah. So this is filmed before the Man United game and including the Man United game on the 3rd of May. So they win the league eventually by, what is it? By a point from Man mm. City. And from this moment on, they don't win another. So they draw against QPR, draw against Coventry, draw against West Ham, and then lose against Bristol City in the final game. And you just think the psychology then Different of going days. into the European Cup. And they lose the FA Cup final. Yeah. The psychology then of going into the European Cup final must have been so hard because you, yeah. you haven't won since the United. When, when you look at the points in those days of league leaders, mm. like that Arsenal team, the, the, the Invincibles, right? Yeah. But it was two for a win, wasn't it? It was rather, two for a win. Rather than yeah, it was three. two for a win. Yeah. But I'm just saying... You can win the league in those days and have lost six or seven games in a season. Oh, yeah, Liverpool lost eight. Arsenal this season 
got more points than they did when they won the double in 97, 98. And I think them went more than when they won the league in 89, you know, the Michael Thomas game. There was a sort of an acceptance in those days that you're not going to win every week, obviously, it's football. But you're going to win more than you lose, right? Yeah. And now it seems to be that if you lose, if you lose three or four games, you're on the hot seat as a manager. Well, Liverpool lost to Fulham in the first game of the season, didn't they? Mm. Ashley, who I was talking about when I went to the dance with, said, yeah, that's it. Now we've yes. got the Premier League. Yeah, 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 game over. But also people wanting Klopp out. Oh, he's, he's, he's yeah. spent now. Yeah. What? He'll move on now. So that Liverpool team, 76, 77, would have had 80 points under current, sort of three points for a win. Yeah. And they would have won by one victory against Man City. Mm. I love it. I love the cars. I love... I wonder what the sort of difference in wages would have been. Because there's no one rocking up there like an Aston Martin, is there? No. no. King King has got a nicer car than Tommy Smith. Yeah. Well, he made big money when when he went to Germany. Yeah. That was where he really earned his money. I'd love um, to know what he's thinking throughout this because he obviously knows he's off and he's got a FA Cup final, a European Cup final, and the potential of winning the league on the horizon. But he also knows he's fucking off to Hamburg. Yeah. That's mad. Two weeks time. Yeah. There's this really mad sort of snapshot of his career and his life. Not quite knowing what's going And they happen. never thought they'd replace him, and they actually replaced him with someone who was better. Yeah, Kenny, King Kenny. Mad, isn't it? Yeah. He was brilliant, ugly. Oh, my God. Him and Ian Rush. Imagine me a Liverpool fan like when I was a little kid. Yeah. When I was like 10. Yeah. You had like Ian Rush and Kenny Dalglish in the same. And a player manager. Like I said, that's, that's why I love Dalglish when he became player manager. Like, How cool is that? Yeah. And then when the doubles play manager. Yeah. He's like one of the best ones on the pitch, and now he's the manager as well. Fucking ace. Yeah, but what a talk, mate! I mean, how far tech's come on? Yeah, exponentially, oh, unbelievable. It's a different world. It's, it is a completely different. This world. is pre-CFAX. Yeah, Do you know what I mean, you only even got that level of keeping in touch with the game. They would have had a basic level. They would. They would have had basic fax machines. I think maybe. What about a, a policy linked to their conservatism with a small C, right? Of not having any advertising on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, but that was th- that was change. relatively common. Why would you say no to it though? I read the Glory Game, which covers Tottenham in the seventy one seventy two season, mm. and because the directors at Tottenham saw Tottenham as one of the grand old clubs of English football, they they basically thought advertising holdings were uncouth and vulgar, and decided not to do it. But by seventy seven, most clubs had realised it was a revenue stream. Mm. So Liverpool didn't have shirt sponsors. Hitachi was the first one in seventy nine. Yeah. It was mad, isn't it? They got a programme. I think of Phil Neal and Sammy Lee on it and their touchy shirt. And there were times when you were to cover the sponsor up with tape if you were on the BBC and that kind of thing. And Yeah. Yeah, it's just, um, it is, the tech is, the tech is amazing. Mm. Well, speaking of briefly, tangent, I think we mentioned it before, I'm not sure. Same about changing because you couldn't show the sponsor. When Wales was sponsored by Brains Beer. Yes. That lovely, I love that brain shirt anyway. Mm. Well, they played in France and they had an alcohol ban. They had a change that the, they couldn't have the logo, could they? So those brawn, yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, they were, they were nice shirts. Those two thousand five, nice shirts they were. Well, West Ham had it for one of the Conference League games abroad. I can't remember where it was, but they they have uh, no gambling companies okay. uh, ban, oh. so they just had the plain shirts. I look lush. Yeah, that looks do look nice. I said before, it does look nice. When do retro shirts? But they've still got a, like the modern logo on it. Yeah. I don't want a 77 shirt with fucking PlayStation on it or whatever the sponsor might be that particular year. I just want the 77. I want to release the 77 shirt yes. officially 
and wear it for a game. Playing it for one game, one one game a season yeah. of a throwback game. Yeah. Where you, you pick the season you want it, the, the kit you're going to wear. Bang. I agree. Talking Look. of West Ham, mm. we haven't discussed Nolsey on uh, this podcast. Fucking hell. The defender of the West Ham fans. It's incredible. Have you seen that, mate? Seen that? Well, the bloke fighting all the Turkish fans. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, all of the fans who are trying to get in. <laughs> Just takes them all down. People saying you should get a night for football scrapping. He got given a ticket for the final by the club. Brilliant. And they're like, oh, you should have a season ticket for life. For life, he should be. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely fucking legend. Yeah, he's at Alkmaar. They're, they're a Dutch team. Yeah, that's it. It's just, thought, sorry, yeah. There must be about 150 there. I love the way they're trying to make him sound like a modern-day Robin Hood. Like he's protecting the the Yeah. Like, protecting the players. Like Florence Nightingale as a national hero. Or does he just love a fight? All <laughs> queuing up to have a go with him. By the end of it, his shirt is torn, his jacket's torn. He's got two black he's eyes. He's got some balls on him. Oh, yeah. I saw a photo of him with the T-shirt completely ripped. So yeah. down like that, but with a bum bag on as well. Got yeah, a fucking yeah, bum yeah. bag with all my valuables in there. God. Let's go. You, no, who's next? Like, you. <laughs> next. It's like a cartoon. If you're on top of the steps. Oh, yeah. Position. This of, goes back to medieval times. This, is, exactly this is why it is. Yes. This is why turrets are always yeah. a particular. Higher ground, mate. particular way. Always higher ground. It reminded me of that great Sean Locke routine about how if you break down and you ring the RAC or the AA, if you're a woman, you're a, especially if you've got children, you're a priority. Mm. He's like, hang on. So you're th- you're saying just because I'm a man, I should be able to sort kick the head in of all comers, <laughs> just standing there on the side of the road. Or what are you, a, a prospective mugger? Thwack! <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to do? Assault me? Smash! Because I'm a man. <laughs> it's, it's a really funny routine. But that is what Nolsey is like. He's just <laughs> standing there hitting Dutch people for half an hour. Yeah. No one's helping him as well. He's doing it on his own. Why is all his mates filming him? Here's an idea. Help out. Why are you trying to chin someone yourself? What a fucking man. Nolsey. And I would say every single one of those Dutch people who was trying to attack the West Ham deserves it, so I don't mind. Do you reckon if you're the 30th bloke, 30th Dutch hooligan in the queue? You find a different way up. Oh, shit, I fancy this. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm just going to stand here and jump up and down. See, the staircase is a great equaliser, isn't it? It's a great equaliser. Height. Every channel. Well, a bottleneck, yeah, mm. and a bottleneck. Nice. In the Pyrrhic Wars, wasn't it? No, go was on. the one when they... Um, Lure the Athenians do a very a thin strip of land and they massacred them. I don't know. Yeah, they beat the much stronger Athenian army. Right. But that's where the term Pyrrhic victory came from, because I think they defeated ah. the Athenians, but they completely wiped themselves out as well. Ah, okay. So even though they won the battle, they were... I think they were overrun shortly after. I didn't know that. I'm sure that's where Pyrrhic victory comes from. You've got loads of shit in your head, haven't you? Yeah, Pyrrhic victory is a victory that inflicts such a devastating toll on the victor. It's tantamount to defeat. Such a victory negates any true sense of achievement and damages long-term progress. What's the, what's the history of it? The phrase originates from a quote from Pyrrhus of Epirus, whose triumph against the Romans in the Battle of Asculum in 279 BC destroyed much of his forces, forcing the end to his campaign. He was King Pyrrhus of Epirus. Nice. His army, it was the Romans, not the, not the Athenians. Sorry. That's right. I was up, I was up by a couple hundred years, but... All right. I think that when they lured him into a, into a small isthmus of land, it was a different battle. What historian wouldn't mind you being a couple of hundred years out? <laughs> a petty one. Well, you know, a pe- for a PE teacher, a pedantic- that's pretty impressive, though. Very, very good. I mean, <laughs> so for instance, if in the process of beating up all the Dutch fans... He'd have broken his, his arm and... And West Ham being kicked out of the competition. Yes, okay, cool. Yeah. And banned from Europe for the next 10 years. Yes, that would have been a period. It would have been a period. Yes. 
Still have a season ticket though, eh? The give him a knighthood. Give him a knighthood. So, Jeremy said, give him a knighthood. Give him a knighthood. I would love to see King Charles. Fucking hero. Yeah. Services to um, football violence. With a hammer shirt on. Turning up in a suit and West Ham colours. Just doing, yeah. <laughs> Just doing the cross arms. It is, is a great arrived. symbol, that, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's... <laughs> That is, I've not been to the new stadium, but the old stadium was one of my favourite Upton places. Park, was it? Yeah. yeah I've, I've been to Upton Park a few times with the Swans. I, know, I never went. I've not been to the new one. Absolutely it? loved it. Where is it then? It's East London, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was in East Ham, I think. I think it was, yes. Yeah. Bizarrely. Where is South Fork? It's in North Fork. <laughs> I always found Northampton and Southampton to be too far apart <laughs> to be. And there's East Hampton, but there's no West Hampton, is there? Is there not? I don't know. Maybe got that wrong. Where Wrexham played against North Ferriby in some cup final a few years ago at Wembley. Every shit journalist was making a joke about a great time for South Ferriby to invade. <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> Come on. Are we better than that? When Wales lost to Western Samoa. Yeah. Because we're not yeah. playing the whole of Samoa. Yeah. Fuck yeah. off. Wouldn't have made any difference. We lost to them, you cock. Why did you change the name of the country? Some lame journalism in Wales in the 80s? <laughs> Why are you now called Manu Samoa? <laughs> was it because we were getting it wrong all along? No, let me tell you about the... Uh, let me the Western Mail. <laughs> Imagine that. You change your entire country name. Because <laughs> some shit rugby journal know from the Western Mail. They keep making the same bad joke. We beat them anyway. So what? imagine if you were playing the whole of Samoa, you'd have lost by more. It's not a thing. It doesn't even work. Yeah, it doesn't work logically, you cock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me have a mini rant, Steph. I've done this for months and months and months. Is this a mini rant against our Patreons? No, very much pro-Patreon. Okay, so you'll have had some adverts now after the documentary. Mm. We're just about to disappear off. We don't really do this much. We no. don't do this at all anymore. We used to do this all the time where we go, right, we're disappearing off to Patreon land and Spotify extra land, and you have to subscribe to go there. I tend to do that at the start of the episodes, just a little recorded thing, just telling you where you get the paid content. Mike hasn't done this for about 100 episodes, and I miss Mike random. Well, I ask, I ask on a weekly basis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, ban- we banned him from doing it for 100 episodes. <laughs> because I tell you what. Go right? on. 164 episodes in. Mm-hmm. It's when people say, it's, it's my favourite pod, but I'm not going to pay for it. Well, you're a fucking idiot then, aren't you? You're a fucking idiot. If, you, if it's your, your favourite thing, and then on your bio, you're a season ticket holder for this, season ticket holder for that, and this and that. Mm. My point was, listen, okay, but if you pay for music and pay for sport and pay for everything else, mm. your favourite podcast you don't want to pay anything towards, that's your prerogative, right? Paying for music, Mike, bit 20th century. Fuck Paying it. for sport, bit 20th century. Get, I get illegal streams, Get Mike. on Napster, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> I see, and I mentioned it before about the round dodger thing, but it is that. Mm. Like, it's the person who, if everyone did that, no one could, no one could listen to this because we, we wouldn't be able to afford to do it or prioritise it, right? You wouldn't come into a pub every week for three years. Mm. Let the other let the other people in, in of your mates buy a drink, and then after three years of you not buying a pint, mm. one week one of the boys says, "Dave, you haven't bought a pint for three years." Yeah, <laughs> you know that doesn't make Dave the bad guy. Dave's not the one being rude. Dave's the one stating the bleed and obvious, right? You're the one being rude for not getting a drink. I'm going through your Twitter trying to find whether you have turned... I deleted uh, those, no, You've become quite a positive person on here. It's disappointing. No, I'm trying to be positive. Yeah. Sad. So if you want to listen to it, listen. It makes me feel sad inside. Well, it won't last for long, don't worry. That's fine. Good. Good. <laughs> That's all right. I'm trying to get a BBC commission. So, so uh, I, <laughs> I got the 
good reason. No, fuck you. Um, no, um, what I would say is yeah. do what you want. I couldn't give a fuck. Do, do what you want. The fact that people pay for it means we can do it. We wouldn't be able to do it anymore. Yeah. It would have gone as soon as lockdown ended if people weren't paying for it. That's the realities of the finances of it. Yeah, but 100%. if you also skip through the adverts, we do get a certain, not a huge amount, not, not a massive percentage of our money, but we do get some money from the advertising. So listen to the adverts. If, if you can't, if genuinely can't afford it, no problem at all with that, okay? Or genuinely can't be asked to pay for it. No problem at all with that either. But don't then complain about it. Yeah, don't complain about it. But if you can afford it and can't be asked, and I, and I think that makes you a bit of a dick, and I say that in public. Don't say we got too many adverts because that winds me up. Because that's the way you pay things. If you're deciding, and by the way, we've said to people since day one, if you generally can't afford it, talk to us and we'll sort yeah. it out. Right? And because we've got really good listeners, really nice listeners, and really nice patrons, people like Nick over on the Facebook page, there's a fund there for people, which other patrons put into. I don't, I don't put into that fund. Yeah. I gave someone their Patreon money back the other day, but I didn't tell you to. You know what I mean? <laughs> what? Oh, no, look, what? <laughs> Fucking hell. Don't you start? He seems on bad times. <laughs> no, and that's brilliant, mate. And you, and the th- no, no, I'm not saying that to show off or whatever. I'm just saying, like, we're not cunts. <laughs> Two of us aren't cunts. <laughs> <laughs> Get t-shirts made up. Distant pod, the podcast with two, two of us aren't cunts. cunts. <laughs> Do you listen to it? Two of them aren't cunts. Yeah, it's really good. We sponsor loads of teams. We 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 help people when we can. We love doing the pod. I think the pod, I'm not just saying this, mate. I think the pod's as, as good, if not better, than it ever was. I think it. So, a couple of those shirts that I've seen this week the Cardiff Blue Dragons Rugby League shirts for their under 12s and their Beautiful. under 14s. Lush. Love those. Looks like a state of origin the shirt. Cardiff uh, Schools Rugby Union shirts for their under 15s. They do a shield squad for next season. The away kit is fucking mega. Oh, can I say one thing about that? I'll get back to my rant in a minute. I was trying to move it on. Nick Nashu runs the Cardiff Schools under-11s and his team of coaches are stepping down end of the season. I think Nick's been there for well over 10 years. Oh, Nick's lovely. Nick is an absolute diamond. He listens to the podcast. I hope he gets to hear this. He will. He's a fucking brilliant bloke, Nick. Those coaches are fantastic. Uh, the way they run that setup and the trials for that setup is... To do a primary school teaching job, which is a full-on, long-hour yes. job, and then do what they do for for no recompense, you know, and the the island tour over to over to Terra Nua and all that stuff as well. It made a huge difference to my boy and his confidence and everything else, right? Because of COVID, he missed out what would have been his actual year, unfortunately. Yeah. But I wanted to say a massive thanks to Nick Nash and the coaching team and the Cardiff Schools Rugby. And I'm sure that people will step into that role next year and, and do another great job. But I really, really appreciate what Nick's done. And I want to say thank you sincerely. And do you know what? He's such a nice bloke. I'm not going to rant about the round dodgers anymore. I was going to say, let's rant about That's much nicer because the money that we get in does help us do this. I'm not going to make any qualms about that, but it does Sponsor also Command help Town. Sponsor teams like Command and Town, like Cardiff Met Women's Team. and Oh, they're playing against Wrexham this year as well because Wrexham got promoted to the same oh, division nice. as our lot. So that'd be nice. See our shirts alongside yeah. TikTok shirts. Wrexham women, they played in for 9,500 at the race course. There we go. In their final game of the season. 9,503 next time. So there we go. Look on the look on the episode description. If it's Patreon, you want to get involved in, jump on there. If it is Spotify Extra, you want to get involved in, jump on there. There's links there. It's really easy to do. If you don't, that's fine. Don't. If you tweet Mike, then it's your, own, it's your own 
Silly fault. You've, you've, you've been be, warned. Uh, you've been warned. Don't be a dick. And if you're being tight, don't get so fucking thin-skinned about people calling you tight because you are tight. Listen to the adverts. Oh, by the way, two seconds of music coming up. Then you're having another fucking advert. Bye. Right, book choice. It is Ellis James's turn. Patreons know he is about to be picked up for his football. Go, Al, go. An absolutely brilliant book. It was a gift from someone called Richard from Aberdeen, who is a listener. We also seemingly have identical interests because we keep turning up at the same events. So I saw him at the Pavement gig at the Camden Roundhouse. I've seen him at Dulwich Football Club a couple of times from having a drink with my friend Baz and also... He came to see a BT Sport, the BT Sport Footballers On thing that I do with uh, Ian Stone there and Mark Steele. And he's a big music fan. He's a big sports fan. And he gave me this. It's a book called Bloody Casuals, Diary of a Football Hooligan by Jay Allen. And it's difficult to choose this kind of book for this section because you don't really want to glamorise football violence and hooliganism. The, the reason that this is different, I think, is that it might not be the very first one, but it's certainly one of the first ones because it came out in 1989. So Hooli Lit was a very big thing in the early 2000s. That's when the Soul Crew book came out, the one that Tony Rivers wrote. I can't remember who the other person was. But if you used to go into HMV in the early 2000s, they were everywhere and yeah. every club had one. You know, I remember reading the Hull one and I remember reading the Andy Nichols one about Everton and obviously the Soul Crew one, not that the Swans come out of it very well, but still... So and it is it's a very parodyable kind of literature. Terry Alderton used to parody it in a very funny way online. And those films were very easily parodyable. But the thing with Bloody Casuals is because it's the first one, it doesn't actually have a lot of the sort of that's far less of the one-upmanship that was very prevalent in the later ones. And he's writing it at the time rather than writing about experiences from 20 years ago mm. that have all been, you know, slightly changed uh, in the in the prism of memory. Because he's, he's he, and he went to prison about it and he writes about why he thinks it happens. And he's like, we weren't like the roughest kids. We all had jobs. A lot of us, you know, our parents were still together. We weren't particularly bad at school. We just loved fighting. <laughs> and because it's... He's writing about the tail end of the Ferguson era, I think. No, maybe not. I think he writes about the 85, 86 season. So Ferguson went to United in 86, didn't he? But he's, Aberdeen is still one of the best teams in Scotland. But it's very open and honest, and it doesn't seem to be about settling scores in, in the same way that the other ones did. Mm. And it's slightly more believable. He talks about his time in prison as well. So it's actually a very, very interesting read. So it's bloody casuals. Diary of a Football Hooligan by Jay Allen about his time. I mean, he, he retired. He, he Once he went to prison, he was like, right, fucking hell, I can't, I can't be doing this anymore. And Aberdeen were an interesting club as well because of, there was so much money came in from the oil rigs and the oil industry. Mm. They, they were one of the best dressed sets of supporters in Scottish football because a lot of them had money to spend. And he, he had a job in the oil rigs. He was like, if I go to prison, I'll lose that. So I'm done with this now. And he was a young man. He wasn't like a 55-year-old bloke throwing bottles of Stella at people. He was like 20, like they all were. It's quite an interesting snapshot of a time, which is why I've chosen it. So I would like to thank Richard for giving me a copy when I saw him at Dulwich Hamlet a few weeks ago. Hope you enjoyed this week's Social Distance Sports Bar. That was part two. If you still haven't listened to part one, it's still available for you. Head back and have a listen. If you're new to the sports bar, go back to the very start. Be a completist. Work backwards, maybe. I don't know. Try and, what was that? Uh, Alice and John always had retro oneers. 
when they did stuff on Radio X. They were people who kind of joined later on and had gone back and listened through the whole canon. There are more than 160 episodes there for you guys. I was trying to think. No, none of them are time sensitive. That was kind of always the idea was that these things would be what they call in the industry evergreen content. Bits you can go back and have a listen to whenever. So do it. Be a completist. If, if there are jokes on the Facebook fan page that you are on that you don't get, there's a reason for that. Head back and have a listen to everything that we've done. Yeah, I'd love to know. Get on the Facebook group or on at Distant Pod on social media and tell me when you started listening to the podcast and how many you've got to make up. Thanks for listening. Catch you again next week. <laughs> <laughs>